Welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I was going to try and work in a reference to Shere Khan, but I'm going to tell you some things about James Mason and how he's not Shere Khan. I don't know if you guys are emotionally prepared. I was not. If you're just tuning in, you're probably like, what the heck is wrong with this girl? For my listeners who do know me, hi. I'm Tierney Steele. I've been on Return to Oz Minute, The Neverending Minute, Joe versus the Minute, and MASH Minute. And I'm Megan Coleman, and I was on MASH Minute, and I survived. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! We had a good time. We did have a good time. And we're still having a good time. With Hitchcock Minute. I was just going to say, we're still having a good time with bonus episodes of MASH Minute. Oh, And trying to figure out how we're going to cover 11 seasons of television. Back when seasons weren't eight episodes. (laughs) Right. When they were like 20 to 25. Every single year. We'll figure it out eventually. This is much easier to tackle. This is just guest hosting. Turns out it's awesome to talk about North by Northwest, which I already knew was awesome. So this is is all working out. It's all good. So this is minute 104. It is the, well, we get a little bit of the whole bad guys gang, but it is the start of our little back and forth. What did you call it? I called it it verbal sparring. Ah, yes. (laughs) Ah, the verbal sparring. The being too cool for school. But first, and for all it is verbal sparring, almost all my notes are about what Cary Grant is wearing. But I also have some notes about what other people are wearing. Did Jim give us these minutes because he knew we would talk fashion? (laughs) Even though he technically didn't pick these minutes, it was, um, the, oh, what's her name? The, the actress universe. who was, yes, the universe. Yes, well, it was the, she played the youngest sibling on the Waltons, or one of the younger siblings on the Waltons. I'll edit in her actual name later. All right. There you so, go. There we sure go. Sure you will. Sure I will. <laughs> I would wonder what her feelings are then, since she grew up in a different generation than me. I'm not a fan of this hat. I love this overall look. At the end of last minute when she walked into the lunchroom, I was all about it. But now she turns her head to the side and there's a teeny tiny little hat. The teeny little little hat. Just covers just the crown, right? Like, is that what they call kind of the top back part of your head? It's a tonsure hat, let's face it. (laughs) Yeah, There has to be 60 million bobby pins keeping that thing on, for starters. I think my problem is that I never want to be surprised by a hat when someone just turns their head to the right. Either I want to know that there's a hat there or no hat there. Fair enough. Like, go big or go home. (laughs) You clearly are more on the Brit side of hats then. (laughs) I just, I just, I I don't like a surprise hat. I like a surprise hat. (laughs) I want to see the whole outfit and I want to know the whole deal. (laughs) And if she wasn't wearing a hat, I'd be fine with it too. But I'm not a fan of this. I, I, I do own a hat. Sort of like that, but I think you would be able to see it a bit more from the side, so it's a little bit wider. I've seen this style before. But I will tell you, it takes 60 zillion bobby bobby pins for it to stay in place, sadly. So kudos to hair and makeup for making it look effortless. Maybe it wasn't that hard, but... (laughs) Yeah, she she looks lovely. She looks lovely. Everyone looks lovely. Have I gushed about Martin Landau yet? Oh, you started to, because we saw him at the very end of last minute. Oh, the link is strong with this one. (laughs) 
he is so young and he is so and, and I don't know what it is. It's not a it's not a sexy thing. No, he just he He's just very a- good. Yes. Very good at what he does. And I had completely forgotten he was even in this movie, being twelve years old or whatever age he is here. <laughs> He's so young-ish. It was, it was a surprise. And one thing that I really loved that I, a part of my brain knew this even as I was watching it, but I did not, I have to admit, I did not put it together until I was looking at the trivia for this movie afterwards. Because that's my thing. I won't read the trivia about a movie until after I watch it. Mm-hmm. And then that's usually like one of the first things I do is, okay, movie's over. Go on IMDb. And they were talking about films that have an homage to the crop duster scene, the plane scene, whatever oh, you yeah. call it, earlier mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh-huh. And one of the movies that has an homage to that is the X-Files movie from 1998, which Martin Landau is in is much he? later in his career. Yeah, he's one of the bad guys in the X-Files. Oh interesting is he a bad guy oh shoot now i can't i can like picture him and i just am assuming that any older white man in that movie was one of the bad guys so wait is he in it like as one of his film roles or he's actually in it in it he is in it it is one of his film roles let me look up what his character's name is because maybe that's why i'm not thinking of him so I'm like, really? He's in the X-Files movie? Like, I saw it forever ago, but... No, I definitely... I recently used an X-Files gift on someone's Facebook page. He's but... Kurtzweil. I thought he was in the TV show, too. too. I might have imagined that. So maybe it was just the movie. And I apologize if he's the good guy. That is <laughs> shameful. Man, I've written about this movie, like, professionally. What am I doing? <laughs> Yes, yes, he's totally a member of the syndicate. Okay, okay. If I'm vaguely remembering correctly, he might be the one who, like, turns against the syndicate and helps Mulder at some point, but I I haven't watched it in a couple years either. You like reasons. But I just really liked that. Like, if you look up Martin Landau in this movie and in that movie... And they're clearly the same person, but it's just, it, it's one of those where it's like, wow, you've lived a whole life in between these two things. <laughs> and so I was just tickled that it was on the list of movies that have, you know, visually quoted North by Northwest. I was like, oh my goodness, look at that. So that made me very happy. And I loved him in this movie. Oh he's, my he's God. He's so good. He's so creepy. So good. And I was reading about, like, his acting choices, which I'm sure people have talked about in other parts of this movie where it's more relevant. But I was just, like, I was almost getting chills even just thinking about, like, oh, yes, that makes sense. Like, (laughs) yeah, that is what I was picking up. I was picking up what he was putting down. I'm also here for the woman wearing her sunglasses inside in this lunchroom. Well, there's also there's also two men who are wearing sunglasses inside too. It's a it's I, a sunglassy sort of. I mean, yes, I know they're bright windows and it's well, it looks a little cloudy out, but maybe sunglasses out. You know what? Maybe that <laughs> is a New England thing, I or a generational thing. I would be very curious to have Actually, listeners chime in. I'm just watching. There's multiple people. There's multiple people. I noticed another woman <laughs> later on. Right. Yeah, that's who I just saw. I was like, what? And what I'm wondering is, is that, all right, so is this a 50s thing or is this a South Dakota thing? Because oh. you and I are very much... We're very much New Englanders. 
New England Generation Oregon Trail or Generation Catalano or whatever we're calling ourselves. I, I, I like Oregon Trail or Oregon yeah. Trail. I don't know how yeah. you say it. Whatever. We're, I'm we're millennials, but not really. But yes, <laughs> but not Generation X either. Because no yeah. offense, Generation X, but we're we don't get. We're all not your Generation X, but we quote all your movies, right? But we don't get all your culture references either. So, uh, you know, there's that. <laughs> We didn't listen to all the good bands when they were out, but no, we, we can kind of talk about we them We found now. it later, though. Yes! Yeah. Talking Heads found it much later. <laughs> Gore. <laughs> I was talking to someone about how the song 1979 is one of my, like, instant transport back to high school. And then I was like, wait, 1979? That doesn't make any sense. But in my defense, look at that video. It's when I was in high school, not them. So anyway, we are off topic. We're off topic. Sunglasses. I blame the sunglasses. But anyway, so yeah, I want to know. I am so trained. Like, you go inside, you take off your sunglasses. Though, well, yes. Though I have those transitions, so Mm. I just have the one pair of glasses to keep track of. But they do eventually transition. But if you were wearing separate sunglasses. Oh, no, I usually take them off because also you you can't see at a certain point, right? I mean, forget if you look ridiculous or not. It's sometimes hard to Yeah, but clearly that was not the norm here. So I'm I'm wondering if it's geography or generational. Because I would think it would have been not socially acceptable to wear your sunglasses inside either. Perhaps it was just really bright and everyone just thought, hey, it looks good. Or they weren't overthinking it, though it's Hitchcock, so I sort of feel like he might have been overthinking it. (laughs) Overthinking it. (laughs) Or somebody was on his behalf. But (laughs) Yeah. Someone saw this and said, yeah, that looks right. Yeah, that looks right. Someone somewhere thought this was how it should look. And I also realized too, because I am also trained of like, oh, people are wearing their hats inside, but you're right, it's the bobby pins. You can't take that stuff off. You can't take that off. That's it. Once you put it on, it's on. Like the lady who at one point when they're talking in the background, you could see this lady who looks like she has this like cone hat on. And I'm like, yeah, that has to be stuck on your head somehow because (laughs) you would have taken that off otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) You know who I don't get stuck on? Who? Your hat doesn't get stuck on... The hat is stuck... Whatever, James Mason here is like the smoothest bad guy in the he history. He totally is. Ever, right? He totally is. Oh, uh, he's so cool. He's good. <laughs> I love his accent. It's wonderful. And like, Cary Grant has that, you know, certain cadence when he speaks. And so the two of them together, like, verbally sparring just sounds so much more classy than it would ever be if I was trying to be it's a so spy. It's so beautiful. <laughs> The one thing that drives me nuts is that the entire time I was watching this movie, I was convinced that this man had voiced Shere Khan in the animated Jungle Book. The Disney. But he didn't, though. He did not. That was George Sanders. And then I tried to look because I was like, oh, George Sanders has an interesting uh, history. Like, maybe they kind of grew up in the same place or something. Mm -hmm. And their background is the same. And that's why they reminded me of it. Nope. Nope. I think this is some more mid-Atlantic accent BS. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Someone (laughs) taught two actors how to speak this way, and now they both speak this way, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I they're both fabulous. I just listen to any time Philip Van Dam threatens people and tell me you weren't imagining him like threatening a boa constrictor with his little claws. (laughs) It's so good. 
And I love what he says, too, like, I suppose you didn't bring us here for a business transaction. <laughs> oh, God. Everything. He's the sass. The oh, sass, God, right? The and, sass. and I, and I, I like, I liked your little, what did he say? Escapade, like your distraction. That's what it is. I liked your little yeah. distraction at the, at the auction the other oh night. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it, it's the end of the minute, but the, I don't suppose you'd like to carry my bags for me. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, it's such an insult that I love it, but it's so suave. It's just, it's so well done. I doubt spies are this, like, cutting and, and awesome, but... I love it. Well, and the one thing I noticed is because I was looking and I was, like, looking at the two of them sitting next to each other, and all I could think was how no one dresses like this anymore. Although, to be fair, probably very few people did at the time, too. And I realized, I wondered, is Cary Grant the only person who could be sitting next to him where he wouldn't look better <laughs> necessarily? Mm. Because I am very distracted by the awesomeness. And and the green vest had come up before. And I got to say, I'm pro green vest. I mean, I don't know. It looks a little bit better in this minute. But maybe because he's just sitting down, you don't see as much of it. I like the, I think, you know what I think it is? Honestly, now that I look at it, I don't think it's the colors off. I don't like the texture of that gray with the smoothness of that green. I think it's, I think it's the materials. That was probably more fashion than you wanted, guys. Sorry, but. <laughs> Let's get into what the you tie get. before we move off fashion. Oh, yes. The tie with just the right amount of shine. Just the right amount of shine. Like, it's not too shiny. too much shine, but not quite. It's not like I have a middle school dance and uh, my dad bought this for me. And it yeah. doesn't, it's too bad. It's, it's like, weird. It's it tiptoes size. right up to that line. It does. It's very it's, it's shiny right by there. today's standards. Yes. But, but it looks right. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Green vest. Green vest. Tie. God, Carrie looks good. I love that we're on a first name basis now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and <laughs> the French cuffs. God, I cannot believe it because I have seen many men in my life of my generation wear French cuffs and sometimes it looks good and sometimes it's kind of eh, but it never looks as comfortable as these two men look sitting here. <laughs> Like, That's even true. when it looks good, it's very obvious. Like, look, I did a fancy. <laughs> Whereas I honestly believe that Carrie Grant and James Mason just walked in and were given these shirts and put them on and everything was fine. <laughs> it's just... I don't know when that changed. <laughs> and I did discover trivia. I hope they mentioned it way back when, listeners may recall, that apparently the cufflinks that Carrie Grant is wearing in the Oak Room are different than these. Oh, really? Like, the entire rest of the movie, they're consistent. But in the Oak Room, they're different. I gotta admit, I didn't go back and watch <laughs> to see if that was true. But, huh. yeah. I'm trying to, because there's an article from BAMF Style, Iconic Style for Movies and TV, and they have a whole, whole section on Van Damme's gray tweed suit. And they have all these screenshots, and I'm looking through really quick yeah. to see if they're different. Oh, I think you might be right. Yeah. I just, I love a film where the suits are as famous as, like, anything I know, else right? going on. <laughs> like, you can find multiple articles on the suits that both of them wear. Oh, God, now I have to look up. Oh, and here's one about Leonard. Oh, nice. Who's his little sidekick there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm loving this. Well, I mean, you're never going to go wrong looking up things about Cary Grant fashion. Oh, no. 
I have to say, it's gotta be, it's, it's Tony Curtis. Okay, I had to like, think it through. In uh, Some Like It Hot, when Tony Curtis is dressed up and pretending to be an executive from Shell Oil. People watching it who've seen the movie will get, will get where I'm going with this <gasps> accent and the look and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Oh, Tyranny, this this BMF Estelle has a section called How to Get the Look, and they break it down for you, what what you need to look just like Mason Van Damme. Oh, oh I love nice. it. That's nice. That's cool. Nice. That is really cool, actually. Now, speaking of things, I, I had said, you know, you'll never go wrong looking at Cary Grant as a fashion icon. He's been a fashion icon for men since he became Cary Grant. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> so we know a lot about Cary Grant that maybe people watching this movie in 1959 didn't, or maybe they did. I don't know. But um, did anyone else feel really weird and like, please don't say gay surroundings like that? Oh. Like, like well, I get that gay can be used in multiple ways. It's the like weird hesitation or lilt he does on the word. Uh, like he doesn't just say it normally. Like there's almost a like eye contact. It's like, what? Subtle, dude. Subtle. <laughs> I know for a spy, right? Do some subtlety, like. Well, but Cary Grant, what? That's the famous quote. Uh, Car- Cary Grant was straight. No, he totally was. But he was married, Archibald like, three- Leach, not so much. <laughs> right, but he was because Cary Grant was like married what, like three times, two or three times. Yeah. No, I mean, not that doesn't you mean you're not gay, but you know, spectrum of experiences. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, Seems just, similar to Thorn Thornhill, you know, just... I, I'm sure it was not meant that way. It's a great line, regardless. I just, it was one of those where I was like, wow, that really hits the ear wrong. Yeah, well, and I, like, I mean, again, because Dartmouth College, where I did a lot of research, you know, I, I went and checked out their Hitchcock film study section. There's a lot, mm-hmm. apparently, about people looking at Hitchcock and, like, sexuality and GLBTQ and... Not that I read all of it, but it was kind of interesting that, like, that exists. Because obviously you expect the feminist theory yeah. um, and what he thinks about women or doesn't think about women. But um, apparently there's people that look at that, too. So who knows? Maybe someone out there has some some film guy. Has, I mean, there's a lot Has, has some feelings on that line. <laughs> and it's like, I wrote this whole essay! Read it! <laughs> When you first started to say that, I literally was like, go on. So clearly I have some reading to do. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm fascinated by all that stuff. Just because there is so much that came out afterwards where it's just like, oh, yeah, people had like full on double lives. Oh, yeah, right. Some like, people had triple lives. Like, I mean, like Rock just... Hudson, right? Like everyone's like, oh, Rock Hudson. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. Like, you're not yeah. straight, suave, gay man, uh, straight man? Like, what, you're gay? What? But what? And so many people were just like, oh, yeah, everyone actually in Hollywood knew. Right. Yeah, exactly. Everything. That's the thing. <laughs> and the public was like, what? And I'm sure half of Hollywood's like, where have you been? Like, And, uh, and we're like, the PR oh, machine God, told us. Vivian Leigh, say, <laughs> Vivian Lee, however you say her name saying it. No, like, Vivian where Lee, have yeah. you been? I <laughs> bet she could deliver been? that line well. <laughs> Oh, God, what a time. <laughs> what a time. I wonder in 50 years what movies people will be doing. <sighs> movies by minutes on. That aren't Marvel 50s, movies? 60s. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it will be fascinating to me what kind of, like, quote-unquote survives from this era. Oh, yeah. Because I do feel like Marvel is sucking so much air out of the rooms, but there are all these quirky little weird whatevers. Yes. And so I will be fascinated to see which of those slip through the cracks and are still being discussed. Mm-hmm. 
but you never know. And and then every so often, you'll, you know, my grandma would mention a movie that she thought no one else remembered. And so I'd be like, oh my gosh, I loved that one. And it's such a bonding thing <laughs> moment. It's like, you remember Aww. this too? That's like, I lived with my grandma for a little while, my grandparents for a little while. And sometimes my grandma and I would end up watching TMC together and we'd end up watching movies that she'd be like, I remember seeing this in the theater. I didn't think anyone knew this was still a movie. And I'd be like, Yay! oh my God, I love you, grandma, tell me more. <laughs> she'd also give me all the backstory on the Lawrence Welk show and like who was sleeping with who who was like secretly having affairs with who and who Lawrence Welk didn't like it was always kind of more interesting than the actual show to me <laughs> and I was there for it <laughs> I remember when I my dad found out we had gotten really into the Lawrence Welk show and he was just like I can't even with you two. <laughs> I was like, why? Actually, actually, no, it was the King family Christmas that he was like, get out oh. of my house. <laughs> it's like, my mother made me watch that my whole life. You're wait, not going to. Wait, did I send you a King family Christmas record one year as a yes, joke? you did. <laughs> and you say as a joke. It was a half joke. I knew a you were going to like it. It's a very good way of putting that. Is that what your dad was like, out? Yes. <laughs> Please see Carrie Grit out gift that the internet loves, right? Out. <laughs> oh, we out. did it. We looped back. We looped back. We're good at this. Out. <laughs> I went to the, I'm going to the Tyranny School, Tyranny Steel School of Podcasting, okay? I'm learning, I'm learning how to transition. <laughs> Out. Please imagine me doing the hand motion too, even though it's a podcast, so you can't see me doing it. Out. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go to Giphy and put in Cary Grant, and you could put it out or not, but I bet you it's like the one of the very first. What is that from? Is that from... I'm trying to remember. It's colorized, so I'm not sure. Oh, it, I've always seen it in black and white, early. but... Oh, really? Yeah. Am I hallucinating things? Hold on. We're going to end this episode, but first we're going to look up Cary Grant gifts. I'm like straight up crying, so <laughs> I need a moment. Oh, come on, Giffy. The one tagged it? Oh, it is in black and white. Get out. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's... It is. You're right. That's my bad. I also wasn't picturing him wearing the hat, so I don't know why. Oh, yes. He's like, get there. out. What movie is that from? I don't know, but I don't like that when I put in Cary Grant gif into a Google search. The second one is monkey face, I've been broke all my life. And the first one is him with the dinner roll in his mouth. Oh. May your algorithms be more useful than mine. Cool. Coolidge Corner Theater put it in their Giphy section, but doesn't tell me what movie. I'm going to say something, and I want you to understand that he is still a gorgeous man, and I love him, and I love him in Walk, Don't Run, his last movie and everything. I'm going to guess that Get Out is from mid-career based on the roundness of his face. Because I'm looking at one that's definitely from Arsenic oh, and Old Lace, it, and his jaw is, it, is, is way more defined. Is it His Girl Friday? Is it that one? Hmm? Somebody tagged one of them, His Girl Friday. Quite possibly. Yeah. I only watched it once, so Ralph if Bellamy? I am wrong, I don't want the internet to tar and feather me. Okay, hold on. His Girl Friday. I remember being disappointed when I finally saw His Girl Friday. I don't think I've seen it in years. I think I built it up too much in my life and I finally got to see His Girl Friday. And I remember being underwhelmed. Yeah, that's what it's from. Okay. It's from His Girl Friday, 1940. I was utterly wrong. 1940. Arsenic and Old Lace is 44. Right. So, or, I think. It's something like, I'm, it was during the war. That's 44. Fabulous. 
Yeah, I, that's one of the few Hitchcock ones I haven't. Wait, was that? No, that was Capra. Never mind. That's probably why I haven't seen it. Nothing against Frank Capra, just. I took a college course. Oh God, what was the name of it? It was it was a course on propaganda. It was a poli sci class on propaganda, <laughs> and we used World War II as a case study. <gasps> Fascinating. It was really good, but it was also really hard because everyone wanted to take it because they thought it was just watching Casablanca, uh, and so to discourage like, people, That's they hilarious. made it. Incre- it was one of the hardest courses I took in college, but it was so good. And I watched so much Capra. Holy crap. That guy got around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he could have used someone to carry his bags for him. I mean, seriously, right? That's what actually happens in this minute. I don't know if we've conveyed that very well. <laughs> right. They just sort of spar back and forth, spar back and forth. They, you know, try to one up each other in their suave sort of passive aggressive yeah. well, way. And we're uh, clearly building to something. Right. Because the minute literally ends with like half a word being cut off. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Thornhill's basically like, here's what you're going to do for me. And he's like, well, why would I do that? It's like, in exchange for doing nothing. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Very dramatic week, okay? <laughs> it is a very dramatic. It is. But this has all been build up. In our defense, I would just like to say, for those who are like typing their angry letters about what terrible podcasters and how we laugh a lot and how I'm literally crying at this point <laughs> from thinking about Lawrence Welk. <laughs> Yeah. I would just like to point out that this whole week has been building up to. So, in our defense, if we seem a little easily distractible by green vests, that's why. That's why. There's some more stuff happening tomorrow. Yes, there is. There is a, uh, there are continuity errors tomorrow. Ooh, my favorite. Oh, (laughs) I can't even joke about them being my favorite because they make me so angry. Oh, (laughs) Angry at myself for noticing them. Angry at whoever let them stay in so that I would notice them. (laughs) But in general, I I like them. Maybe I don't like these as much, but in general. That's what we live for. And you'll be shocked to hear these continuity errors have nothing to do with the actual action and plot happening in the film. But we're still going to tell you about both. Yeah, we'll talk about both. It's going to be a good time. You should come on back. And if you've actually been listening to us and be like, these two are awesome. I must hear no more. <laughs> Welcome. Would you like to be our friend? <laughs> Which PBS station do you get so we can coordinate our viewings? Because <laughs> not all PBS stations have Lawrence Welk anymore. So, you <laughs> exactly. know. Uh, you can go to mashminute.com and see all our episodes about the movie MASH. I know I mentioned at the top we're uh, talking about how to do the series. We're doing some special episodes, but we have talked about every minute of the Altman film, MASH. You're welcome. So, it was a trip and a half. It kind of was. I learned a lot. <laughs> Some things I wish I hadn't, but that's okay. They're out there in the universe now. It's fine. Sexy radar. <laughs> Leslie. It's all good. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's where you can find us. And I know you can find everything on moviesbyminutes.com, but I bet there's a website for this show. It's hitchcockminute.com. And if social media is your thing, uh, you should check out The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook or Hitchcock Minute on the Twitters, as my dad sometimes calls it. And uh, you can find more episodes of Hitchcock Minute on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you got this podcast. (laughs) It's probably going to come back tomorrow. Ta-da! Magic! Whatever you did for this, do it again tomorrow. Do it again. It's probably going to work. Good. (laughs) 
都有。